Hello, ladies and gentlemen, it's a Shrews Views episode two. My name is Luke Hatfield. I am joined by Lewis Cox, our Shrewsbury Town man here at the Shropshire Star. Lewis, <laughs> fire in the booth. That is so funny. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Uh, well, well, we couldn't, oh. t- couldn't have timed it any better, could we? At least it didn't. Yeah, I thought it was going to go on and on and on. Let's 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 roll. We're here yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're here, and regardless of whether a fire alarm goes off, we will be staying. What about if there's an actual fire? There's an actual fire, then we will carry our laptop. Yeah. Okay. We will carry the microphone. We'll continue our conversation because we're that committed to this podcast right now. Uh, Lewis? Well, it has been long enough, so was, we need to. Uh, yeah. I was going to say, long old break. How are you? Yeah, I wish it had been a like a. We were just saying the this is obviously episode two of our uh, face lifted podcast, and uh, the first one was before the friendly against Villa, which I mean, what That's July the something where seems like months ago. Yeah, well, it would have been uh, you know pretty much a month or just over a month, around a month ago. Obviously, had a little bit of time away, but just been grafting at the friendlies, and obviously the season is three games old now. Um, I think I wrote after the second one there's a bit of, bit of swings and roundabouts already for Shrewsbury Town and we've just been going through an eight man strong injury list in mid-August so you know the footy is well and truly back certainly is um, for those of you wondering why we've had such an extended break uh, you might want to speak to Lewis Cox's travel agent uh, that's, that's, that's the reason <laughs> yeah, behind this yeah, yeah essentially yeah I had uh, I decided to take my annual leave on the week that uh, obviously this is a fortnightly pod and uh, I I buggered up basically and I wasn't willing to take a, a mic to Corfu I'm afraid you know I only had four nights out there so I couldn't even couldn't even give you a spare 45 minutes I'm afraid I know can you believe that level of commitment <laughs> did you uh, tune into the Super Cup last night do you know uh, obviously I'm a Liverpool fan but uh, I did something that I haven't done for a long time actually and it was a right throwback I listened to it on radio oh really yeah yeah I mean I don't I don't have um, I'm a bit of a poor PC you know, pe- pleading poverty but I, d- I don't have Skype or BT so generally generally, I think I've said this on the on the pod before I, I watch games via the uh, via the internet questionable streams yeah no good, good streams but yes supposedly questionable Anyway, I, I was on late last night, unfortunately, which is a bit uh, untimely. But yeah, instead of firing out the, the laptop and that, I just I started listening to it on the car on the way back, and then just kept the right off. I was enjoying it, you know. Yeah. I was enjoying it on the radio. It, I used to, like I say, I you you know I don't know if you were the same. And a lot of town fans listen to Radio Shropshire, you know, for full match commentary, especially on away days and stuff. And mm. so I get that. And when I was little, when I was younger. I would um, I would listen to Liverpool games on Five Live like regularly before I knew how to you know find a stream or whatever. Um, yeah, so it was a bit of a throwback, and you know it's a great job. Yeah, they do a great job on the on the, the the commentary on the radio, and it was you know even listening to Pens on radio commentary, it was like I was I was there going as kind of getting as exciting as I would have been as if the pictures were there, you know. Mm. And obviously, yeah, I mean it's class time for Liverpool at the moment, you know. Klopp gets another trophy which was always a stick was to beat him with he wasn't winning anything and obviously we lost the community shield on pens so yeah good to do that I think um, if you I, don't win the domestic community shield it's good to win the European one isn't it well yeah I mean it's not the biggest of trophies but they're still counted as a major honour which actually they don't with the community shield so we'll take that um, but I don't I think yeah in the, in the grand scheme of things Liverpool are at an early stage in the season where they're just finding their feet and 
It's a, yeah. proper, it's a proper skill radio commentary, I think. Because like, oh, yeah. video commentary, don't get me wrong, video commentators are still very skilled. It's not an easy job. Mm. But you've got the fact that the the, the audience see, is yeah. watching the action unfold, whereas with radio, they're yeah. relying completely on you. Massively. Um, you know, obviously, Dunny Stewart Dunn does it um, with shoes and... You know, I sit next to him at every game, so I hear what he, and see what he does, and yeah, it's some skill. Like you can't just do it. You, if someone just dumped a mic on you on a match day, you couldn't just do it. I wouldn't have a clue what to do. But um, obviously, they have sort of um, what is it, analysts with them, co-coms to to do the sort of punditry side of it, and that's interesting. I think actually, yeah. just not the lead comms are all just picking apart the actual action and providing some sort of analysis or insight to it. Nick Southall and Mark Elliott do it for shoes and yeah I find that interesting because you can give an insight basically yeah yeah I'd quite like to give it a go you know commentary yeah well yeah I don't know maybe there's a another career in it for you Luke maybe you can spread your wings I'm, I mean I'm, I feel like I do I do so many podcasts nowadays I'm almost comfortable with a microphone in my face all of a sudden <laughs> um, right shall we shall we talk some yeah let's talk some time Let's talk some town. Uh, let's judge the start, Lewis, because, I mean, it's been an interesting one. You said it yourself. Great opener, by the way. Shrewsbury Town 1, Portsmouth nil. What oh, a result. Massively. Yeah, yeah. Um, up and down. I, I said swings and roundabouts. Um, of a League One season already in that they beat Portsmouth on the opening day when, you know, 1-0 through a, a wonder goal and they defended brilliantly. Were they the better team that day? No. Portsmouth looked as strong as they are, you know, rightly promotion favourites, I'd say, in League One. And then you get to the next weekend and they go to MK Dons, uh, a promoted League Two side, and there's a nothing game, it was a 50 50 game, it was a nil niller. Um, mm. In fact, Town had the better chances, they at the bar had a, a worldly save from a Dave Edwards strike near the end, and then, you know, third minute of added time, and you, you get one going via a deflection. Real kick in the teeth because you take the point on the road and you're sort yeah. of happy with it. Uh, so sort of defended solid, solidly again, and yeah, that was a kick in the uh, the nads. To be fair, but, <laughs> but like you know, it was a game they shouldn't have lost. But the first game was a game they shouldn't have won, and it's interesting how these things work in in sort of football. But you know, obviously this week we've had the uh, the League Cup uh, game, which was an interesting one the, that the we can league, talk the about. Cup yeah. Spanking. Yeah. Well, I was going to say debacle, but I don't want to be overly harsh. But um, yeah. The, the defeat the it, was, it wasn't it was good was it no 4-0 obviously to, to Rotherham and manager Sam Ricketts made 8 changes for the game and Towns sort of borderline second string lineup just got really taught a lesson in um, the in how not to, game. how not yeah. to start a game well it's, yeah I mean they were 2-0 down in, after 3 minutes which is something I've never seen you know never experienced at a match before it was pretty bizarre uh, but that you know is a much changed side just obviously highlighted the lack of depth and, mm. and, and a lot of work that the manager has to do obviously a lot of fans were quite upset that it, it looked like they'd sort of thrown the thrown the game because he didn't pick a stronger side on a flip side to that the, the, the injury list as I touched on earlier is significant um, yeah. so he, he did have to do something in regards to leaving players out that he was forced to and, and play some of the kids so you know some sympathies on the team he chose um, how do, how do, so in the you know putting all that together and just looking at the league games obviously they host Rochdale in their third league game on Saturday it's 
uh, encouraging start. There's encouraging signs from the opener. Really, really encouraging defensive signs that they're solid and they've got mm. a very good back three. Uh, who are very strong defensively and shown that in two games now, albeit Rashawn Williams is injured. Um, but there are things lacking in other areas. You know, we've had encouraging displays from Giles down left wing back. The keeper, we haven't seen too much of him yet, but we, you know, from the friendlies, Max O'Leary, we know he's solid, but they're looking thin in midfield and playing midfield three in this three five two and injuries are biting midfield in midfield. You've got two first teamers really, Norban and Laurent. I was gonna say Norban's a big one, yeah, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. And and you know, Laurent too came on against Pompey on his way back from injury. Changed the game. We looked great. Uh we picked up a muscle injury again, which is such a shame and that's sort of knocked him back. So there's two that probably walk into the the midfield really and so they're they're short there they're sort of lacking in the depth there despite 17 year old James Rowland do brilliantly the other night against Rotherham credit to him and and up front um, it's currently Steve Morrison Fajiri Okunabiri and and a bit of Sean Worley obviously winger by trade sort of fitting in there Sam Ricketts believes he can do a job there and Worley's been good I believe Worley's good enough that he can almost as an attacker play anywhere and cause damage cause problems he was Lively at MK Dons when he came on against Portsmouth, he changed the game, and you know he just needs to play somewhere, anywhere. So if it's going to be in the front two, it's going to be in the front two. This is the system three five two. Mm. Wally's going to either play there. I mean, the, the manager said you know there might be games where he can play as a number ten, Wally, a more attacking midfield role, or, or even a push a right wing back. But I think the further Wally is up the pitch, the more trouble he causes. And but the you know. In three games have scored one goal and it was Ryan Giles' wonder goal so yeah. that's not prolific so far obviously needs to change beginning Saturday um, and, and they're right you know the number nine shirt's still free they're still one striker short realistically if you're not counting Worley there's Daniel Udo from Telford who's on his way back from an injury too uh, Lenal John Lewis is out long term they're, they're one striker light and mm. and up for my money an offensive midfield you know attack minded midfielder light as well so now, fans rightly concerned that there have been many sort of goals or creativity directly from the midfield at this stage. Yeah. Um, the, the, the most, I mean, obviously Dave Edwards hit the bar at Milton Keynes. He also had a, a late volley, sort of superbly saved, but it doesn't quite brought that um, link play that you want between sort of midfield and, and, and up front at the moment. Luke McCormick, the Chelsea loney, looks a steady attacking player he's got technique ability as you'd expect from Chelsea a good set piece but yeah, he's, he's it's a big ask he's never played senior football before it's a big ask for him to be starting league one games left mm. right and centre and you know he, he has looked to, he has tired in games and at times lacked composure or the right decisions so that in a nutshell is where they're you know midfield and, and going forward it's no Secret really that they're, they're still light in midfield. It wouldn't surprise me to see a couple of midfielders come in. Actually, names have been have been linked, and and certainly one more forward. So I think it's just over two weeks till the the transfer deadline for obviously League One and Two, and I think Town are going to be busy. I mean, Sam Ricketts has said today, mm. um, a couple of days before the Rochdale game, that there could be a new face in. So, you know, Aboise is gone on the way out, but there could be someone on the way in just to pep things up before Rochdale come to town. Mm. Um, I tell you what, though. I mean, you said you know they're struggling for goals a little bit. If you're going to score on the opening day, yeah, yeah. you want to score like Ryan Giles did because that that was an absolute blooming rocket, wasn't it? On your league debut as well, yeah. Oh, class. He he um 
you know, and he he was good at MK Dons as well. Actually, that's the, yeah. It's we, we talk about his goal on the opener. Really, he was joint, you know, town's best player at MK Dons. He just on that left, effectively, what he does do his defensive duties. Effectively, at times a winger, finding him with diagonal crossfield passes, and he's just knocking it past his defender who cannot keep up with with Giles. And great delivery, you know. He set up the, the chance that Edwards hit the bar with, and another chance for Steve Morrison from that left. Obviously, he got the, the sort of night off against uh, Rotherham in the cup, but he looks a player. It's just about him being consistent. He's never played before, so can he maintain this? Yeah. In forty-six league games, you'd imagine not, but that, that's the challenge. And if you know, the, the more Ryan Giles stay, stays fit, the more trouble it'll cause. You know, hopefully torments Rochdale's right back on Saturday and I think he's going to be a huge asset and the goal was unbelievable I mean it was such a great story you know for a like, local Shropshire lad you know such so highly rated to come out on loan and to do that against like the promotion favourites on your debut in yeah. what was pretty much a packed house you know to win the game now, Town would have been delighted with 0-0 I'm sure against Portsmouth just in the way they defended so yeah. manfully and so well but to just nick it with that goal was unbelievable I mean probably in the, the four seasons I've been doing this it's the, the best goal at the Meadow I think I've seen certainly um, just it was just destined for the top corner the whole way you mm. just knew it it was such a clean strike and you know what he hit one seven days later at MK Dons from a, a bit closer that just missed the uh, top corner by a few inches so he's got it in his locker I think he'll be scoring a few this season yeah well I mean he got rave reviews at Telford when he was on loan there yeah yeah and yeah. I'm not, I mean, it's, this has worked in Shrewsbury Town's benefit, but I'm almost surprised he got a, a loan to a League One club when I thought this lad could probably play Championship football. Yeah, well, yeah, or like you know, with Wolves in the Europa League, you know, as a squad player there, he, he played for Wolves at Shrewsbury as he made his Wolves debut in the FA Cup. So you know, Nuno's already proved that last season he could be a cup player. Yeah. So, you know, Wolves have obviously got the, the FA Cup, Carabao Cup, uh, Europa League to contend with. It's, it's quite a surprise that, that he wasn't kept on, but it's, you know, kudos to, to Ricketts' relations with Wolves that he's able to bring him in ahead of a host of, of clubs. And yeah, I mean, he, he was absolutely brilliant at Telford and helped keep him up that season, really. Mm. It's, a ma- it's a massive old step from National North to League One, and he's bedded in seamlessly at the moment he looked great in the friendlies and mm. he couldn't have started his first um, football league game any better and you know he's carried it on so far he was great at MK so I'm hoping to see more of the same from him and hoping that he can continue as an outlet you know because town need is it's a big part this this wing back system the wing backs are huge um, particularly with the midfield town are using at the moment that isn't the most creative you know mm. sort of dynamic his role is, is absolutely key Yes, yeah, certainly. And let's get on to the MK game. MK Don's won Shrewsbury Town nil. It's never fun losing such a late goal, is it? No. Well, you know, it would be more acceptable if they'd scored like a Giles-esque screamer. Mm. But it was just a nothing... It's a pretty nothing game, to be honest. But it was just a nothing goal. and Right side of the box. Sort of cut inside. Tame left-footed shot from a sub that's just hit. Uh, poor old Ethan Ebanks Landell, who... He's had a very good start to his Shrewsbury career mm. and, you know, deceived, wrong-footed Max O'Leary in goal and trickled in 
It's an awful one. Um, uh, Shane Freebanks land out. It wasn't an own goal because the, the shot was on target, but the shot would have never troubled the keeper uh, without that little flick off his head. Or mm. to be honest, I haven't put myself through the torture of watching the goal back. Yeah. Um, someone told me that maybe it was an error, and I don't know if he didn't need to head it or he could have cleared it better away rather than flicked it in. But listen, that's harsh. He had another good game, Ebanks Landell, to back up the Pompey performance, and as did Aaron Pierre on the left side of that defence. Looks mm. every inch the classy, you know, lead centre half they wanted to bring in, and why they paid decent money to get him in. Uh, the other main blow from the MK game was losing Rochelle and Williams. They're yeah. sort of, you know, talented, you know, a big part of this team, really big part of this team, and you know, one of the three back three that started the season so well. You know, it lasted twelve minutes down in in Stadium MK before uh, sort of he'd, he'd galloped out with the ball and looked great doing it. Gave it to Dave Edwards who lost possession, and as Williams was chasing back, just crumpled up and the hamstring obviously gone and he mm. limped off and that's a thankfully I think I think Sam Rickett said today it was just a tweak um, which is just a two or three week jobby so that's good you know it could have been a, a pull or a tear uh, which could have been months and yeah, that, that would have been it's no fun playing around with hamstrings is it no obviously it's, it's pretty much the worst one muscle wise isn't it and you know he's, he's so so key to this back three the, the one that was, was here last season and he is a leader Roshan, even though he's so young and, and inexperienced really and those three look great against in the friendlies the Villa game the Dundee United game then in the Portsmouth opener they looked so solid they deserve that, that clean sheet absolutely and you know, see him limp off right at the start of the next game is such a blow you want them to build a, a partnership and a consistency know each other's game and then he limps off you're just cursing your luck aren't you and mm. You know, thankfully it's, it is only two or three weeks because you know Aaron Pierre um, is soon to be jetting off with Grenada, some international fun in the Concacaf Nations League. Now that's I'll tell you what, I'm uncovering that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm you know Grenada are nicknamed the Spice Boys, so oh right, we are all Spice Boys. <laughs> um, you know, as of as of late August, and yeah, he so he goes. Let me get this right. Uh, da, da, da. He miss the first game he misses anyway in the league is August the thirty first, the bank holiday one, where Tanner mm. at Ipswich. I mean, that's a big difficult enough game as it is and they're losing what looks to be like, you know, one of their, their better players, better defenders certainly. So that's a blow and hopefully Roshan is at that point maybe coming back to fitness, but you know again, Luke Waterfall's defender who's been obviously out in the cold started the cup game the other day lasted all of five minutes before going off with concussion mm. by that time Rotherham were two up Luke Waterfall's um, future is up in the air you know we, we don't really know whether he's going to be a Shrewsbury player this time next month when the window shuts lead, yeah. lead two interest in him manager said you know in a nutshell you're not going to play you're free to go if you want understand that Waterfall would be happy to, to go and play and move closer to home so mm. I'd expect something to happen there even though that looks like leaving town lights because it only really leaves Omar Beckles to come in you know with Rochelle now or with Pierre on international duty and then beyond that there's no one really a centre half Romain Vincelot can play it and beyond that there's academy kids you know it's it could look a bit like there but from what I'm, I'm hearing from the manager and, and other things um, I'm hearing I don't think there's any plans to, to get a, another defender in so that was a blow of losing Roshan and but the, the the late goal it's a, sucker, it's a sucker punch like I said earlier you take a point when you know you haven't played brilliantly and it's a 
it's a away game where the quality wasn't quite there and you know yes I think town fans that went were a little concerned that the quality wasn't the best you know they weren't Mm. carving out clear cut chances but they did hit the bar they did have a few goals it was just not a thriller Um, but yeah the the late goals obviously rub salt in the wounds and and the Rochon injury but they've got you know after Rotherham after a couple of results that really haven't gone their way they've got to you know it's fortunate they've got a home game this weekend against Mm. the side that have been in the lower reaches of League One last few seasons so Town will be hoping to to certainly get the three points from this one yes certainly Um, and lastly you know we'll touch on it even though it won't be fun to talk about Um, Shrewsbury Town nil Rotherham four uh, that was a short old Carabao Cup um, yeah. jaunt, wasn't it? Yeah, well, you know, I understand fans' frustration in um, not progressing in the, the competition, I really do, because it's brought down great memories in in recent years and it's a great opportunity to get great ties you know, mm. against top clubs. I think if they'd have won the other day, you've got a lot of the Premier League Clubs entering the competition, other than other, other than, than the Europeans, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, so a massive chance to draw an Everton or whoever, um, and but I mean I explained earlier, didn't I, that a lot of injuries and you've got to give these talented kids, a la James Rowland, who was pretty much the only one who could hold his head high. You've got to give them the chance in in these games. If they're not, when will they get the chance? He made eight changes, which sounded drastic and. You know, was but he gave his reasons. You know, fitness-wise, certainly, and, and and wanting to blood these players, basically. Um, you know, it's obviously the the injury list is significant, so there were those that were unavailable. But otherwise, I mean, I understand there's there's wear and tear. You know, mm. in, in some of the players, sort of. You know, you you want to, some of the players are in the situation where they they you know perhaps needed the night off to recover from. Niggles post MK. Um, it's a long old league season, isn't it? So well, you've got, yeah, you've got to sometimes. Look I understand. Uh, I understand. On the flip side to that, it's ridiculously early in the season to be already worrying about injury lists and just little mm. niggles and bits. So, you know, Rotherham only made four changes, but then Rotherham have a bigger, better squad, and as Sam Ricketts says, two first elevens they can use. Yeah. Um, but I understand why Town fans would be concerned and frustrated that he's having to. You know, have a look fitness-wise and, and and rest people on the, the third full week of the season. I, I get that that's a concern, and you know we'll have to see how it pans out really. Because obviously, domestic you got the league and then the checker trade. Sorry, it's not the checker trade anymore. Now it's the leasings.com trophy, oh, uh, the I EFL mean, trophy. Just, just um, let's just stick with the EFL trophy. Shall yeah, we? that's back at the start of next month, start of September, um, and we know we know that's a competition that he will pretty much fully rotate you know mm. but I understand why all of town fans most town fans wanted success in this competition at least to to have a go in the first round and get a tie that could you know could earn a lot of money or you know a lot of publicity and whatnot. it's a shame but the manager made the call you know he has to make the calls and he obviously lives and dies by those obviously fans were frustrated on the night mm. um, you know some good came from it in the, in the form of Roland but it was tough I mean there's no way pretty much no way back after that first five minutes because no. you know the heads are gone and things like that it was a difficult night it was a chastening evening really um, you know actually they conceded on the stroke of half time for 3-0 and if they'd have just gone in at 2 
you know, you could have said you give it at least you've got a chance then to kind yeah. of like regroup. Whereas yeah, at three nil get, down at the half, it's it's not yeah. very often you see a comeback from there. No. If you if you get two one after half time, you you might have half a chance. But yeah, the three nil killed it off, and you know, town fans came out of it with a lot of credit. Actually, they were very frustrated on the evening, but I've got to say they provided a lot of amusement in the safe standing behind the goal. They were oh, so yeah. loud. A lot of let's pretend we scored yeah. a goal. Yeah, man, it was so funny. It was so funny because there's less than 3,000 there. So it was an empty, half empty, in that the West Stand was closed. Uh, that's the one opposite the press box. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's only a 100 or so Rotherham, no, less than 100, I think 60 Rotherham fans or something in the in the stand behind the other goal. So, you know, obviously the, the main stand was full because some of the fans came there. And then the, the South Stand, where Safe Standing is, had probably more in it than normal, You, I would suggest. But, they made noise throughout mm. and you know the, the drum that's in there now that helps and they had some new flags there which made it look really good and even throughout the first five minutes while those two goals went in they just didn't stop so that was really good obviously they got a bit miffed as it went on uh, but the noise didn't really stop and then towards the end they just started singing songs like mm. not not football songs they just sing uh, sort of one was um, don't worry about a thing. Everything's gonna be. Right. It was it was that kind of theme, like oh, yeah, we're, we're, yeah, yeah. you know that. And uh, I not really saw that from town fans before, certainly at the meadow. And it was just you know clearly they were so disinterested with what was going on by that point in the game. They just amusing themselves. And obviously four nil, four nil down. We had five um, renditions of let's pretend we scored a goal. And I gotta say, <laughs> like the. Uh, a pocket of like 50 or 100 fans clustered together and an empty stadium like let's pretend we scored a goal and then they they went for it every time like yeah. thought it was, it was really, I wish I'd have filmed it it was really it felt it was a bit it was cringy in a way because you cringed for the players and manager mm. because while it's good noise it's not the noise you want Yeah. but it was hard not to have a, a chuckle like I've got to say and then when they had their five let's pretend we scored a goal it was like five nil and you effed it up you know yeah, four yeah, nil yeah. and you effed it up and fair play to them because they, they kept you know they could have obviously there were boos at half time at full time but they could have turned a lot nastier it they kept can, good it, spirits it uh, can go very toxic in yeah. those sort of situations but we saw with John Askey and that didn't we after the, the Salford FA Cup draw but it was gallows humour isn't it and, and, and it was well natured to to an extent and good good. they took it with uh, goodwill, I suppose. I imagine Sam Ricketts will will um, he he won't have enjoyed it, but he won't have minded it as long as it's probably the only time it happens this season. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously Rochdale at home in the league on Saturday, and you know, if they're three or four nil down there, then it, it yeah. would be very different. Obviously, League yeah. One game. Um, but I think I do think that you know if if Town get the right result. Uh, I imagine it'll be an 11 much closer to what we saw against Pompey and MK for this game and if uh, if Town get the right result then the manager is really vindicated in his call to, mm. to and, and you know we sort of forget about the cup exit and everyone's happy with three points but if it, if it doesn't go Town's way and say they, they draw another blank and mm. a nil-nil which you know a draw is never the worst thing in the world but when fans are worried about firepower or, or, or if anything were you know like worse a, a home defeat against a Rochdale it won't go down too well so there's a bit of I'll say the word pressure on Saturday but there's a bit on it in mm. terms of just getting back up and running and showing that you've got a bit of attacking now in the squad yeah and the one thing you would say is 
when you make eight changes, you can never really expect a good performance for me. I mean, well, you're yeah. bringing in a lot of a lot of players who may not know each other that well, might not have been in the same situation as a lot of players on the pitch. So it's always going to be harder for players to click. Um, and it's just one of them where, at the end of the day, our Shrewsbury Town expected to do too much in the Carabao Cup. Probably not. Um, it would be nice, yeah. but if you're gonna if you're gonna sacrifice any competition. You know, the Carabao Cup's yeah. probably one you'd I mean, put the EFL trophy gets sacrificed, doesn't it? Even though you can get to Wembley as town did. But, you know, you can play a second string side in that and still progress because everyone yeah. plays second. But in this one, it's just the fact that you can get a Prem game, a Prem team in the next round. You know, there's. And that I guess fans think at the start of the season you shouldn't have to rest and rotate. Yeah. That's, that's what it is. But so, to be fair, circumstances, as Rickett says, as we've said, we've injury fitness playing young players mm. um, did dictate it to an extent but uh, look Luke Waterfall came in for some football we don't know if he's going to stay at the club as, as, as Ricketts left out Pierre um, and then Luke Waterfall gets sort of head injury and, and he's off five minutes in and, and Pierre plays so Pierre's rest went out the window because he played 85 minutes yeah <laughs> um, not ideal but there you go you know town should be fresh for Saturday most of them coming back in the team um, and yeah I imagine well we'll be in for a totally different game won't we league game with a fuller stadium and obviously this is we hate to use the cliche but this is the bread and butter and this is you know set the third game of the season one's gone great one's gone not so great this is you know let's get back in the right direction mm, certainly um, you touched on it and we've mentioned it a little bit with the injuries mm. Um Give us an injury update, Lewis. What's going on injury-wise? How long, how long have you got? Um, We're half an hour in, so you've got half an hour. Nah, there's, um, as, of, as of Tuesday night, there were eight on the injury list. Now, some of those are long-term, some of those are longer, some of those are short-term, and, and some are just knocks that we know of. Mm. For example, I'll start, you had Luke Waterfall go off with a head injury on, uh, on Tuesday to add to the list. I add him to the list because he's still an option as it stands. He still mm. might need to play on Saturday if he's, you know, still around. While you know there might be a move there, not ideal, but that was just a head injury a precaution. He's fine. Should he be needed for Rochdale? Mm. Um, albeit he's these days just a, a backup option as we know. Um, Scott Goldborn, left wing back, also came off half time on Tuesday. Now he's very much deputy to Ryan Giles. Um, both Wolves uh, links there, obviously Ricketts. Gave Goldborn a new deal last summer after he came in and impressed. Summer just gone. Summer was still in, I should mm. say, albeit not much of a summer. Doesn't feel like summer no. anymore, does it, with the no. weather we're getting? No, no, no. Uh, just a little ankle problem for Goldborn that he picked up in training and sort of trying to be, trying to play on with. But again, Rickett says he should be fine. Uh, you'd only imagine he's on the bench on Saturday, but mm. back up to Giles. Uh, moving through the list, we talked about Roshan Williams' his hamstring, which is, you know, a real blow. Really, because he's, mm. you know, he, as far as young emerging centre halves go in that league, I'm sure he's top of the list, to be honest. Um, and yeah, uh, just a, a slight blessing, and it's only a, a tweak, yeah. or a twinge, or however Ricketts described it. I can't remember. Um, and, and like I said, two, three weeks there should put him back in contention, maybe for that Ipswich game, whether that comes too soon, when Pierre's on international duty, possibly the next league game, which is Peterborough at the Meadow early um, early September they do also go to Vale in the 
I keep going to say check a trophy. Leasing.com trophy. They go to John Askey's Port Vale, which will be an interesting evening. Yeah. Um, you know, we can't have an EFL trophy campaign without a trip to Port Vale, and, and that's early September. So that might work well with bringing players back, you know, giving Roshan 30 minutes if he's ready, mm. that kind of thing. And actually, along with um, along with Williams, are, are the star midfield pair, really, the sort of star injury pair anyway, in, in Ollie Norban and, and Josh Laurent missed massively. I mean, Norban's blow in, in Portugal was huge. Uh, Sam Ricketts recently called him one of the best players in League One. He, he's he's the heartbeat of this team. And yeah. I fully expect him to be wearing a captain's armband when he comes back. He will dictate the midfield. It'd be very interesting to see what role he plays, whether he takes that what was the Anthony Grant role uh, just in front of the back three that Vince Lott's been Romain Vince Lott's been playing or whether he's slightly more advanced in, in the sort of position Dave Edwards has been using um, now he's uh, sort of similar to Williams that two three weeks in fact Sam Ricketts has bunched Williams Norman Laurent together two or three weeks he says um, uh, muscle injury for, for Laurent obviously he came back from one and um, picked up another one but he says there's a little sort of cluster that should come back together so mm. around the turn of the month actually which is when the window ends they should have those three certainly big key first teamers back from injury yeah. as well as the new recruits so you know this time next month mid-September early mid-September we could be looking at a very different Shrewsbury 11 mm. that's certainly got those three uh, injured players in it and then you know Sam Ricketts' targets hopefully in it that, that come off in the final two weeks of the transfer window it could there's still a chance uh, still time this month even though the season three weeks old for, for a turnover you know uh, of players which seems ridiculous but I quite like how the windows have failed that the Premier League and Champ not the staggered windows yeah shut on was it August the 8th and, and clubs like town are still allowed to do their business I think it helps um, no good for journals like us no. to continue talking about the window like you're not sick to the back teeth of it but yeah, names popping up sort of continuously throughout the month. I expect that to carry on and pick up. And like I say, Ricketts wants one before Saturday. So let's see if that happens. Just finishing the injury list from on top of the Rochon, Laurent and, and, and Norban. You've obviously got the two long, long-term ones in mm. Linnell, John Lewis and Ryan Sears, both ACL um, there. They are, I, I, I've got to confess, I haven't had an update too recently on, on either of those, but the message was back end of this year, early part of next year. Now, mm. I imagine uh, with with the uh, sort of fitness team and the medical team they've got there and the facilities they've got, they should do better than that and come back. I'd back certainly Lenny, who's been through bad injuries before, to come back late 2018. Let's see. I mean, I don't, I'm just speculating here. They're, they're, they're a long way off months, you know. Yeah. Um, but different cases obviously Lenny's only contracted to January to help him through this rehab will he play any football impress and earn another six month deal after that come the new year we'll have to wait and see I have no idea Ryan Sears a young kid from the academy who came into the first team did incredibly well man of the match at Barnsley last year when town nearly won and then picked up his ACL horrible horrible look um, so he's got a bright future at, at the club I'd say and you know when he comes back it'll be a boost to the manager but that's that's the eight um, no it's not that's seven there's one more name Daniel Udo oh yeah uh, recruit from Telford in the summer striker he has a groin problem that was sort of kept under wraps really I don't know whether that was uh, intentionally from the club to keep it under wraps but obviously came to light 
um, after the League Cup game when he was again left out, wasn't in the squad, and he's nursing a groin problem. But Ricketts says he's close. He's, he might be touch and go for the for the squad, the bench on uh, for the Rochdale game. So that that'd be a boost. I mean, Tuesday night against Rotherham would have been ideal for Udo. Chuck him in for his sort of debut, his first full debut. Uh, hasn't had that chance yet. Only saw him in friendlies, and you never know, do you? He, he might come off the bench in a league game and nick a goal and mm. have high conf- You know, high on confidence. So he's the eighth of the eight, and he's back soon. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Strange to see so many injuries though at this point in the season. Mm. It's not very often you see that because muscular injuries in particular, you think you feel like happen around Christmas yeah. or late on in the season when you know players have been working really hard and you know you, especially in anything below yeah. the Premier League yeah. where you've got you know Tuesday Saturdays. Well, but but well, so soon in the season. Yeah, well, there's only a couple of them who who are muscle injuries, and you know, I was speaking to Sam Ricketts today, and he says. Now Josh Laurent's never had an in, a muscle injury in his life. Gets one in the summer, comes mm. back from it, and gets gets it uh, on the return. Now, you know, do, does that? That happens with breaks, though, because if you take a break, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I was just going to say, does, does the first muscle injury from Laurent that he came back from affect the second one? Prob, you know, probably because he might, you know, not have been back, you know, come back slightly too soon or whatever. But I spoke to Ricketts about this, and he did say he saw most of them as anomalies. Um, says you know they've looked back at it they can't see what mm. a reason why it might have happened with so many injuries so you know he sees a couple of them as freak injuries like the ACL ones. both ACLs are freak yeah, injuries yeah, yeah. you know Luke um, Waterfall does... Waterfall's you can't... Like a little head one you know, yeah, Goldborn was just his ankle in training you can't do really anything about that um, Williams is a hamstring again you you write in that you don't expect muscle injuries so so early into the season. Is mm. it something basic that he didn't w- warm up sufficiently? You, you, you don't know, dear. But it's a concern because it's making. And again, you read this in in the Shropshire Star and on on our website in you know coming days or whatnot. But Ricketts has basically said you know it's for now for the next couple of games until people are back and the new recruits are in. It's the patched up Shrewsbury Town, a patched up team. And you've just got to preserve and get through them. Get you know, hopefully not, not take bad results from them. Not have the depth, you know, lack of depth shown up anymore with any more injuries, and just try and get through and patch it up while they can until these people are back. And uh, fans might say to that, oh, just, just get players in. We need players in. It's, I'm sure the club aren't taking long over it for the sake of it. Obviously, they don't want players in at this time. The issue is as well if you bring players in to cover for injuries, when when yeah. those players are recovered, yeah. you've then got a bloated no, squad. Of course, yeah, he's not. He, I asked him, do you know, does um, do the injuries in defence mean that Luke Waterfall's got more of a chance? He if essentially said no, effectively said no. It doesn't change things. Um, you know, he said earlier in the summer, midfield looked well stocked, a lot of options. Now Norban and Lorenko, he looked light, and you know, your depth is maybe your lack of depth is highlighted and. But we still know they're in the market in that area, so it hasn't really. I, I don't think he's going to bring in any new signing just to cover an injury. I just think, mm. you know, we're at the you know, two weeks of the window left now, when when things drop, and obviously it's different this this summer anyway, isn't it? Because the Championship and Premier League window closed, so now young players, you know, your Liam Walsh's, who's a target who will get onto, who's at Bristol City, he didn't get a loan elsewhere in the Championship, so. Now he can only go to League One if he leaves, and yeah. you know Shrewsbury being hopefully the desired destination, or you know we'll see on that. But that's another example of 
why things quieten down, you know, come that August the 8th. And then I'll pick back up again, like Walsh played in the EFL Cup in the week. And it'll pick back up, and we're at, you know, we're at the two weeks before the end. Now, Ricketts says one could be due before the weekend. So I don't think we're far off a couple of new faces, at least. Mm, well, let's talk about that, Lewis. You know, so transfer talk. Um mm. As you said before, the deadline's passed for Premier League and Championship mm. clubs um, earlier this month. Shrewsbury Town still have time. Um, I think it, we were discussing off air earlier this this window actually that this could work out very well for a team like Shrewsbury Town because if there's Premier League teams who were looking to loan players out and haven't loaned yeah. them out to a Championship side now, they can only really look abroad or to League One yeah. and. For a lot of players, which they will look to loan out, normally younger players. I know there's an increased drive to see younger players going abroad, but you feel like no, League One yeah, is yeah, yeah. probably the best option for them. Yeah, yeah, and and you know that that might help with the the Walsh one at Bristol City. That's just a name you know we're aware of. That I'm sure there are many more. Uh, another example of it was was interesting Sam Field from West Bromwich Albion. Yeah. Now. You know they liked him and they wanted him and, and taken him, but a load of Championship clubs liked him as well, and he went to Charlton in the end on deadline day. Um, now, if no move would have happened for Field, he could have only have gone to League One, mm. um, and yeah, it puts him in a good position. You're right. I mean, you know, I don't I'm loathe to drop this name in, but Tyrese Campbell, Town fans are hoping that the Stoke striker comes back. I haven't really heard any information towards that yet no I'm, I'm sure Shrewsbury Town would want you know welcoming back it's the same with Greg Doherty at Rangers they'd take them back of course they're, they're great you know he's a great striker great midfielder mm. but it, it rests with the parent you know it rests with Stoke wanting to loan him out first the player wanting to come back I'm sure he'd want to come back to Shrewsbury Tyrese um, Stoke look fairly stocked he hasn't exactly been starting in the championship but then you know, is it going to happen? Can they get it over the line? That's, it's 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 easy to say, oh, it should happen, but there might be other League One clubs interested. But mm. you're right in that League One's naturally as high as they can go, and it puts clubs in a great position like Town for all the all the talented young players that need to get out that haven't got out yet. You know, there's they're only going to go, and only the sort of top youngsters go abroad, don't they? Really, at this stage. Yeah. Um, obviously, you can still unless to, unless it's like a Chelsea youngster going to Vitesse. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm. I'm pretty certain the window in Scotland they can still go up there. I'm not entirely uh, sure about that, but yeah, it's a good thing I think for for Shrews and League One clubs and business to be done. Like I say, um, going for I mean we did a, a fresh transfer story today regards Sean Goss, uh, former Manchester United youngsters now at QPR. Again, another central midfielder that uh, that Town certainly are monitoring, have interest in, believe to be talking with. Uh, understood that that one might be able to, you know, a free, a free transfer in terms of QPR happy to, to let him go and, and get him out of the club. So that's, you know, we know that there are, Rickett said today, Goss is one of so many names he gets texted a day, mm. you know, each each day. So so they have a targets list, I know this, in each position of a number of players. Obviously, when fans see names, they get excited and think, you know, why are we signing a defensive-minded midfielder and not a forward or whatever? They're, they're working in all areas, you know. It's just whichever one's come off sooner and we'll know about them as soon as we do. Teo Eden from Fulham, long-term target, been linked with Shrewsbury forever and a day, really. Mm. Ricketts says he's another player he likes and is interested, interested in. 
that I have specific information on that really, but it fits the bill. He's a good player, and he would be a good player for Shrewsbury in League One if they could sort that one out on a permanent. Um, obviously, they've got spaces on loan. They've got two loan spots left up after Morrison, Sean Morrison, became a permanent transfer. So I, I would expect at least two in. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if there were three. It wouldn't surprise me if two midfielders came in and another centre forward. So that's what that's what I could see happening. That's what I foresee happening, and I think Town need it just to to bolster their firepower. Mm. Um, and if they could get that and get some good names over the line, which of course every club are trying to do, they could mix that with the solid start the defence have had, and the solid defence it looks like they've got, and and have a real go this season. Hopefully, what about outgoings? Can we can we expect to see some mm. names leaving the club? Luke Waterfall one yeah. maybe. What about and what about Anthony Grant? I mean, yeah, Grant. Obviously, Issa went today. Scunthorpe have been chasing him all, all summer really loan or a, a permanent move and it was a permanent that's, that's gone on other League 2 clubs would have taken Issa I think um, Waterfall Grimsby interest uh, mm. I believe there's other League 2 interest as well um, like I said earlier Ricketts has said he won't be playing much football uh, Anthony Grant now He's not in the first team squad picture. He's not going to be training at Sundown. Um, interesting to see what happens. He has turned up and trained, you know, with the youth team as as was the instructions. But you know, it's, it's whether we'll see him move on before the closing of the window on September the mm. second, or it gets to after that, and Town can sort out moving him on. You know, pay, you know, M- mutual on. agreement. Yeah, um, which isn't ideal, obviously, but. It's not ideal to keep him at the club. So well, it works for no one if you're yeah, staying exactly. at the club. Yeah, so, exactly. So what they what they need to sort is find a, a club for him, which I imagine will be a League Two side. Um, heard of a little bit of interest and and see if they can just agree the figures. Really, um, mm. you know, obviously we don't know Anthony Grant's side of any of this, so don't know how he how he feels about the situation. But you know, we won't be seeing him involved for town again and. A lot of fans still talking about him as if there's a there's a chance to return, but I think we can um, draw a line over that one and hopefully he moves on and yeah, you know, whether it's before or after the closing of the window, we'll have to see. But the sooner the better, really. Mm. So East is gone, Waterfall, Grant. Um, just trying to go through the squad in my head. I can't think of any off the top of my head that that are there to happen. Really, um, the rest seems pretty set in stone in terms of the squad Ricketts has put together. Many of his new additions now so mm. you know that I was doing a piece before the Rotherham game actually obviously that was the first meeting of the club since since Wembley in the playoff final um, taking Easter out of the equation as he's now gone there's only three town players from that mm. from the you know left at the club since since the playoff final and that's Wally Beckles and I'm in trouble here then now John Lewis mm. who, who's injured long term so you know the, the, the turnover is so vast each year, and, and Ricketts has said not ideal when it comes to next summer. He doesn't want a turnover, so he's trying to build long term here for for his reign, his future, and there's pressure on getting these these deals right. You know, if you want to have a long term squad where you're not chopping and changing all the time. Mm, certainly. Shall we get into questions? Can do. That's right. Roll. First one: Salop Jack. Yes. If you make an omelet, do you use one of them shoddy omelet machines, or do you do it properly in a pan? <laughs> Wow. Shoddy what what? A shoddy omelette machine. I don't know what a shoddy omelette machine right. is. This is the thing, right? I'm not a big fan of omelettes. Okay. 
My girlfriend makes them on a regular basis for herself. She always uses a pan. Fine. Well, I did tell Salap Jack on Twitter that um, all culinary questions will be directed to my uh, my better half. Um, Have you WhatsApp my area of expertise? No, I haven't. Shocking. I'll 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 do that and get onto an answer um, (laughs) as as we speak. But I'm not a massive omelette fan. No, I. I mean, I'm more of a pancake kind of yeah, guy. Yeah, I was just gonna say I love pancakes, and they would be flipped in a pan. We don't have any weird machines. Uh, You've got to do pancakes with a pan. Probably not not upmarket enough to have a, a an omelette machine, but yeah, I think it would be a pan pan kind of. The question with pancakes is, is do you use like the instant ones which you get around you know Shrove Tuesday, or do you actually go out and make them? Um, either way, you always. I always mess up the first couple and then eventually I get onto it. Um, <laughs> Jack does actually follow up with an actual football-based question. Okay. Uh, he says, do you think we should consider playing with wingers at home in a 4-4-2 or 4-3-3 instead of using wingbacks, especially when Pierre and Williams are not available? Um, I see his point. Uh, I totally see his point because when injuries bite, you know, especially at the length they've got, it might become difficult to play a system now that the answer I'd say is no I think I think Ricketts has nailed his colours to the mast and, and this is the way they're playing so I think to tinker is dangerous in in my opinion I think mm. you go with what you set on and what you've signed players for um, Do, does it it smacks a little bit of not desperation, maybe. Um, yeah. Maybe you're questioning your own beliefs. Yeah, and tinkering as well. On on the flip side to this, you know, fans will listen to this and say, "Oh, well, he's got no plan B." You know, we're, I, I mean, you look at some clubs, and you know, they don't, they don't actually have a plan B. You look at uh, Wolves, for example. Yeah, Wolves. Play they play. That. They've played three at the back, and they've done so religiously since yeah. Nuno came in. Yes, they made some tweaks. They went from a three-four-three three, to a three-five-two. But you'd hardly say that's a plan B. Chelsea's successful team under Conte, City, you know, they don't stray from their beliefs. Obviously, this is a different stratosphere. City, Liverpool play the 4 3 3, but you've got to go. You're drilling your players into this way of playing in this system to know where everyone is, to know what to do in mm. this situation. I don't think you can deviate from it. If you Just start, if you start doing that, you, you're going to confuse players. Yeah, and, yeah, and... definitely. Um, and, you know, Jack mentions playing a four four two at home or, or whatnot. I mean, who are you going to play? There's there's no place for wingers here, and there's only one left in Sean Wally to to my immediate the top of my head. You know, Issa's gone today. Who else are you going to play out wide? Um, four three three, people like it. I mean, I'm a fan of four three three, but like I said, Ricketts has, has decided what he wants to do. I can't see, I can't see him changing just just mm. for a load of injuries. I think. You know the players still to come in and the players to fit this system. You know midfielders. What well, what would be interesting is if you know a couple of wing backs got injured. Yeah. Specific specific players for the specific system kind of thing, or a couple of strikers. You know a Wally and a, a Morrison or whatnot. So you could, you've only got one fit to play the role, so yeah. you can't play the three five. You know then you know his hand might be forced basically if you've got no one left, but. While he can play three five two, he will play three five two. I'm pretty sure about that. Mm. Tom Griff, if you were Sam Ricketts, how would you manage Rollins into the first team? Do you mm-hmm. think there needs to be a plan B, which we just discussed, that includes the use of wingers, and should we have kept Issa? <laughs> uh, well, 
we've answered the second part of his question, I suppose. Um, I'm sure in his mind, you know, I guess I haven't asked him directly this, but it's one to ask him. He, he has a plan B. Um, there, there are different ways of playing within the three-five-two. To be honest, they've got Steve Morrison there up top, and you can use direct football to him and mm. for him to win headers and and be that battering ram that knocks it down. Now they don't. They're not going to be all about playing that. They're looking at using the width of Giles and you know playing patient, controlling football side to side. It's not just a direct. Let's hit Morrison. So there are two ways there within the formation. It you depends always, how far you're pushing the wing backs forward as well. Yeah, and it, you know one 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 wing back Giles is playing really advanced. The other Donald Love on the right, who's had a pretty solid start to his town career, uh, is not as attack minded. So it's a bit you know while one goes down the one side, the other one can be more reserved. Um, Love will still attack down the right, just slightly different. There are it's horses for courses, different ways of playing the system mm. without changing formation. You, you play it differently for who you're against. You might be more counter-attacking against a better side, like a Pompey, obviously against you know a Rochdale. Like come this weekend, you got to dictate the ball more, um, probe, create more chances, be more creative in midfield, which we haven't seen yet. So they need to show different sides. And, and that is having a, a, a plan B, changing your, your thought process during a game, game management. Plan B in terms of tactics, Sam Ricketts don't know what, what he can and can't turn to if he needs to, you know, how to tweak it, whether it's sending Wally on but not, you know, up front as a, as a number 10 or, or whatnot. Listen, mm. fans love wingers. Everyone loves a winger. Yeah, they? they do, they they do, and I'm not saying that I don't. And when they were successful under Paul Hurst, there's Wally one side, Rodman the other side, and, you know, going back, they've had, you know, good wingers at the club, just a bit further back, he likes of you know, Ainsworth and, and stuff like that they've had good time down the width but it's, you know it's it's not the be all and it, why why do fans love wingers because traditionally they beat a man I suppose isn't it yeah the, you know they, they don't have they're any defensive flary. worries you yeah, know they yeah. just they just go forward they're, they're, they're the guys normally tasked on creating chances of scoring goals yeah I, I get it but you know they're non left at the club for a reason because he doesn't want to play the system and uh, you know mm-hmm. he's got to stick to his beliefs he wants to play similar football to, to how Wolves are set up you know Sheffield United did it still trying to do it in the Premier League I believe um, it's just it's his identity as a manager the, mm-hmm. the, the print he wants to put on the club and he's he shaped the squad for that <laughs> so the, the, the plan B will be whatever can fit at the time with the players he's got on the bench but I don't think he'll be Drilling his squad ready to change to a four-four-two if three-five-two isn't working. I mm. don't see that. That doesn't necessarily mean he's not got a backup plan, but it means you're committed to the way you want to play. I would say. What about Rollins? Yeah, um, he's good. I know, you know, seventeen-year-old. Um, you know, not eighteen till till Christmas. I'm I'm really excited by him. I think you know Stafford lad. He was actually born in in the West Midlands uh, let go by West Bromwich Albion who is club uh, under 14s I think uh, he's point size he is a mid he's 5'4 five, 5'5 five, five. he's a real little dot in midfield but mm. yeah it was his full home debut on Tuesday against Rotherham and you know he got stand innovations he got the he got the crowd chanting his name at 17 you know a, a fed up crowd that were you know sort of set derogatory about about the team and they got him chanting his name for the runs he was doing and what he was showing 
we've seen that from him last season in what was the checker trade mm. uh, we've seen it from him in the friendlies he, he just looks the real deal um, so I'm excited about him and, and at what point does he come into the team that, it's an interesting question from, from Tom um, now I'd, I'd be interested to put a poll out in a debate would you start him at the weekend in the league, in league one mm. I think many would he's 17 but it's been done before you know, if you're good enough, you're old enough, all of that. Sam Ricketts has said he'd had no, he'd have no second thoughts about using him in the league. Do I think it will happen? No, I think he needs to come off the bench in games. He was on the bench at MK Dons last weekend. Mm. Uh, that was good for him. Only the second time on the bench in the league, I think. I'd like to see him on the bench a couple more times and get on. You know, if Town are in a comfortable position against Rochdale, yeah, put him on because he, you know, he needs to sample league league minutes. And then, you know, if you can get him on the bench, coming on a handful of times. Could be in a position to start. Well, no, you know, Ricketts has started Luke McCormick in in two league games, three games in in the cup as well. Um, and this is a, a young kid come on loan from Chelsea, having played no senior football outside of academy mm. stuff for Chelsea. And and you know, giving McCormick, who belongs to another club, that chance. So why not give the chance to Roland, who belongs to Shrewsbury? But long term, is very exciting. Uh, product of the club's academy very exciting asset at the club that if he keeps developing like this I mean people are drawing links with, with Ryan Woods by all accounts very similar player similar sort of build and that yeah I'm really excited by Roland I think very good future ahead hopefully and last question comes from Andy Hamilton um, funnily enough you mentioned Ryan Woods uh, we're lacking okay. a Ryan Woods or John Nolan type player that can keep the ball for the team are we likely to get such a player on loan um, well, Roland is that kind of player, I would say. Uh, but he, you know, seventeen-year-old kid, he's not going to be chucked in, mm. in in the league to sort out the the league form or whatnot. Now, you know, as I said earlier, you know, you, you Sean Gosses, Liam Walsh, Theo Eden. There's three central midfielders that are being linked with there, and and I know they're looking at more. You know, there, there aren't those ju- just those three, and and all of those three are, are good footballers. Um, there are others out there that, that Ricketts will be monitoring and, you know, for all we know at this point, time of talking, there could be a new midfielder in through the door before the weekend and keep the ball moving. Yeah, I see what it means. I mean, Romain Vincelot is tidy on the ball. He can pass a ball. Dave Edwards can pass a ball. But it's just what, what I think he's getting at there is just that link, just that creative spark to put a nice ball in the channel, you know, to a striker on the shoulder of the defence for for Giri to run onto that kind of ball, that that creative attacking, mm. you know, scoring chance pass. Um, Doherty did a lot of it last season. Norburn uh, to come back from injury has probably got it in his locker. Um, although he's more of one that will burst forward himself, I think. Josh Loren, we saw it from him against Portsmouth when he came on, but I do think that's the kind of mould of midfielder that they will want in. I think. I'll be looking at a midfielder that can sit in front of the back four mm. and play that role Vince lot has been playing that Grant played last season and a midfielder that has got a forward thinking side to him that, that can pick that pass or make that run or have that shot um, because you know you've you got McCormick and, and Dave Edwards playing playing there at the, at the moment McCormick's a young kid who's never played football before who, who's tiring and it's a lot to ask Dave Edwards coming back from, from surgery over the summers at the mm. other end of the scale when we don't know how he's going to react to playing League, you know, Saturday, 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 Tuesday. We don't know if he's going to be able to manage that load yet. So, reinforcements to be had, as well as the injuries coming back in that position. Yes, yeah, certainly. Right. 
Shrewsbury take on Rochdale this weekend, mm. Lewis. A uh, chance to bounce back from the 4-0 thrashing uh, to the Millers. Rochdale unbeaten so far, believe yeah, it or good not. Start. Um, good start. Can, can the Shrews expect something from this game? Yeah, I mean, little stat. Shrewsbury against Rochdale, the last eight have been won by the home side. Oh, right, okay. Promising. Mostly because Shrewsbury's record at Spotland is terrible. Okay. But that also suggests that Rochdale's record at the Meadow is pretty bad. Mm. Um, so that's, you know, promising signs. I remember Stefan Payne getting a winner at home to Rochdale. Um, yeah, they've started really well. I think they're, they're a club, I think by all accounts, low budget, sort of low fan size, not, not glamorous for the league. Punching above their weight, I would say. Uh, but they do a great job of it. They've got a good, consistent side. I like watching them. Ian Henderson up front, who is nearing or around 100 goals for them, in mid-30s, he's a top player. Mm. He's got two or three goals already this season. They've got others, though. Camps in midfield, Rathbone, Dunn, um, other players. They've got a nippy winger, I think. They've, they've got... Um, uh, you know, and they're such a consistent group of players. They haven't had to, they've barely got any players in this summer. I think only... A handful, if that, of, of new signings, which again suggests there's not much clout to play with, but mm. they've got to do the business wisely, obviously. And they've scraped survival the last couple of seasons, so fans there would be happy with better than that mid table. You'd suggest like Shrewsbury, although you know Shrewsbury are op- ambitious, optimistic, and they will want to be doing better than clubs like Rochdale and, mm. and pushing onto that next bracket of clubs in this division. Rochdale have started well, yeah, really well. I think they beat Tranmere. Um, and they smashed five in against Bolton's kids, I think, in the uh, in the cup. Yeah, you feel for Bolton though at the moment. Well, yeah, massively. I mean, obviously Bolton and Berry's plights are absolutely horrendous and horrendous. And you just hope that you know that the football clubs survive first of all. I mean, it's looking mm. really tight with Berry, isn't it? And what might happen there? A club just ex- well, they haven't played a game yet. Kicked, season, kicked out of the division, and then you know, thinking selfishly to Shrewsbury, what effect might that have on the, the drop zone? But you know. Suppose they do both play their games. You'd think that they're in trouble relegation-wise. Mm. Um, it minimalises the the chances of going down if you're being ultra selfish. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think. Listen, I think fans will want after Tuesday night against Rotherham to be encouraged and to see a lot better. Um, a performance akin to that against Portsmouth. You know the the solid back line, albeit Rushall and Williams is unavailable. I expect Beckles will slot in. Uh, you know, another clean sheet would be great just to prove that they've got that um, base, that consistency at the back to, to build from clean sheets and then do what they haven't shown yet, barring Giles' wonder goal, in really test the opposition defence, really create regular chances, clear chances, um, show that they've got the players within the current ranks to put them away. Mm. It's hard to say. It's hard to be ultra-critical, but at the moment we, we know what they need. They need another goal scorer, striker, through the door so does everyone to take that number nine shirt and, and, and to score goals and they need a, you know, a couple more midfielders who can create them and you know obviously waiting on some to come back but they want to be they want a good performance and a good result against Rochdale just to get over the disappointment of 4-0 and the disappointment of that last minute MK mm, you know what I need Lewis what I need a match prediction I need a drink first of all but um, not not enough that sounded really uh Really, what's that sounded really doom mongering then, like I need a drink, but my voice is going, you can probably tell. Yeah, match prediction. Um, I'm going home win actually. I just don't mind for the paper. Home win, 
Give me 2-0 Shrews. Well, I'm going 1-0. Sorry. I just think I'll keep that clean sheet. Um, I think there's a goal there somewhere. Um, Wally, maybe. 1-0. Well, Get we'll, your money on that and thank me later. Three points, we'll take it. Yeah. Uh, that just about does it for us, Lewis, unless you've got anything else to add. I don't think I have, but it'll be interesting because, you know, all being well, we do the next part in a fortnight as, as per the, the aim and the target. Um, the, let me get this right, the transfer window will have shut. Yeah. So, you know, players will be on the verge of being back and all the new recruits will be in. So that, you know, I'm, I'm really sort of excited and anticipating a busy end to the window and, you know, eager to see how Ricketts' squad finish up and hopefully he's plugged those midfield and, and forward holes. Yeah, so there you have it. Could be changes in store for Shrewsbury. Next time. Until next time, it's bye-bye from me and bye-bye from this. Cheers, Luke. <laughs>